Shut up and sit down. The time trial. One man against the elements and the clock. But what exactly is a time trialist and what makes a good one? Listening to the Dial Podcast with Matthew Grant, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy this special episode that is guaranteed to help you beat everyone at your next time trial. Guarantee. I am everyone and I approve of this message. Now, to anyone out there who wants to go fast, anybody, I want to go fast. Hey, give him a Sometimes it squeaks. Hi, and welcome to The Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von During, and today we have a special episode for you. It's going to be a bonus episode from The Dial Podcast. Good times. Ooh, yes. Oh, boy. Secret bonus, bonus episode. <laughs> bonus. You have unlocked the secret bonus episode. <laughs> Is there like a code for this or something like that? Up, yeah. up, down, down, left, right, left, yes. right. Yes. <laughs> All right, and I am here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance in studio. Ooh. In studio. In studio. In studio. Yeah. Evan Price. How is it going? That's Good. disturbing. That noise. That's a disturbing. This sound. is the secret it's, one. We got to be like uh, super secret. It's getting secret, creepier. Yeah. Let's have it's a competition getting, it's for getting an worse. intro for Evan. Let's have a the competition. Oh, I like that actually. I'm not creative. I need yeah. somebody to come up with a good one for me. It's it's done deal. All right. Yeah. If you post something up on our Facebook, I page, have to say it next time. And, and you win, I will send you a T-shirt. It's mm. going to be something about seals or <laughs> sea lions. Seals are fine. It's sea lions, Matt. Thank you. Okay. All right. Last but not least, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Well. Doing pretty well. good. Yeah, good. Thanks for asking. Good. Nice to see you, Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Our uh, bonus episode this week, we're going to talk about tri- time trialing and some strategies to get you through uh, a time trial, whether it be your first one or if you're coming out and just getting ready to start the season and you got a time trial on the calendar, like many people sitting here at the table. <laughs> like one this Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming up this Sunday, we have the Jack Frost time trial locally here in the Portland area, and that will be the unofficial start to our season. And we are going to go out there and do a time trial. And we had a listener chime in and ask, can we talk about time trialing and talk about some strategies that we can help them employ during their time trial to have a, a good time? So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's run through that, boys. Um, yeah. Anybody want to get started? I Yeah. Tons of questions for you guys. Tons of, you know, ideas on the on the topic for sure. Do you guys think time trialing is like legit cycling racing or what do you guys how do you guys feel about like the subject matter as a whole? Does it feel like real cycling? If Does it's it... a stage in the Tour de France, it's real cycling okay. in my opinion. Hey, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It is yes. real. It is right. just yeah. you against the clock. Fa- Fabian Cancellara would like to say that this is real. So, yeah. And yeah. if you don't think it is, go out and try one. Yeah. <laughs> when you're done, tell me how you feel. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like there are traditional cyclists that believe that the classics are the only real races, you know, yeah. the couple, yeah. you know, and so I, I can see where they're being, you know, like time Here's trials. Nah, that's not going, real. going to the, here, I'm, sure. oh God, I'm going to drop so many little historian like <laughs> things in cycling. Eddie Merck said the hardest thing he ever did on a bike was the hour record. 
and Eddie Merck yeah, decides, which was a time trial. He, he has decided what is cool. Oh yeah, and it is put in, and that is written in stone. <laughs> he is the spirit of the Velamonte and Absolutely. the Belgian rules of cycling. So yeah, okay. Fair if enough. he says it, it's real. That's right. <laughs> and plus, who's going to argue with somebody who had the nickname the Cannibal? The Cannibal. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, all right. Uh, that's a good question, Matt. I personally think it's a, it's a race. Legit. Yeah, it's totally mm-hmm. legit. It would be like me going to you and saying, "Do you think a sprint triathlon is a race?" Or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so you go out there and you're competing against other people mm-hmm. who are all competing against the clock. Yeah, yep. that's it's a race. So how about you, Lance? Uh, I I completely agree. I happen to be terrible at time trialing. I was so. expecting Lance to be like, no, time trialing is not a race. It's not real and should never count. No, I I, I do think it is straight up. It is. Like, it's just you against the clock and your your own brain and how good your equipment is and how like, strong your legs yeah. are. There's nobody out here to Lance. I got to Lance myself. <laughs> exactly. So. That's the other thing is like because equipment comes in and makes such a strong role, it almost feels a little cheap. You know, like you're like, oh, this person's better than me because they have a disc wheel. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's lame. Like that's that doesn't feel like sport to me. Time but, trials are like the breeding ground for excuses. Uh, oh, it's yeah, like but you right? wouldn't show up to a road bike race <laughs> on a mountain bike and can. This is true. Yeah. Competitive. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm just thinking of the purity of the sport and the event. And it feels like if you can buy speed, it doesn't feel as legitimate right like when you're running a race you show up in you know bike trainers and someone else or running trainers whatever and someone else has got like spikes on or whatever there's like that slight bit there Mm -hmm. not really like not to the same level there's nothing like being like oh i can put a disc on it i can go five minutes faster (laughs) right you know like that's just a disc a speed suit an aero helmet they Uh make major differences aerodynamic frames aero bars yeah Yeah. making yourself more aerodynamic yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. so you know as we start to talk about strategy and things like that we should roll back around to aerodynamics because that is part of the strategy to racing time trials yeah but real quick, let's talk about the difference between a, a traditional yeah. time trial okay. and then there's a whole another category which is growing in popularity. And as a matter of fact, at the Jack Frost time mm-hmm. trial, it's going to be the, the biggest category, the, the, the most attended, the Eddie class, which mm-hmm. is short for, Evan, I'll let you do this. Uh, Eddie Merckx, the greatest cyclist of all time. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's based off of, I, I really like it because time trials i think intimidate people if they don't have a time trial bike like yeah. you're gonna go and just get destroyed by people who's sitting in the arrow position it is cool that the the, the eddy division is becoming more and more popular where people just i mean it's the it's the simplest race to describe you bring your road bike and you ride whatever the distance is as hard as you can and they yeah. have they have rules on that like the the, the wheels can't be more than 30, yeah, 30 40 40, 40, 40, 40, yeah. 40 mm-hmm. millimeters deep correct 40 yeah. millimeters deep yep what about helmet Do they have a rule on no helmet? arrow helmets no arrow yeah and so, no sp- which is getting a very blurred line blurred because line. some of these road helmets now are pretty darn close yeah, to yeah. being arrow helmets. Well, just in the same breath, you've got your traditional road bike and you've got your arrow road bike, and there's a difference there. And yeah. you can use those arrow Absolutely. road bikes, you just can't use a time trial bike in these right. Eddie class divisions. So, so um, yeah. no slap on arrow bars either. No slap yeah. on arrow bars. Yeah. So, no speed suit. Bambino mm-hmm. helmet would be this is one that, um, who makes the Bambino? Cask makes that one. Yeah. That would be illegal, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And what about, I mean, because that's not that far off from something like um the giro what's giro has like a couple of aerodynamic helmets. giro's got one that's really close i know yeah, yeah. we've got well cask Hawk does too yeah cask yeah. supports our team and mm-hmm. a lot of the people doing the actual time trial not in the eddy class will be wearing mm-hmm. the bambino helmet but many of the people on our team wear the cask protone helmet which is an aerodynamic road helmet right. 
and it's it's pretty slippery. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty arrow helmet, which is completely legal. So, yeah. uh, what helmet will you wear? Because you'll do Eddie, right? Yeah, I'll be wearing the Protone helmet. Protone mm-hmm. helmet. Okay. Yep. I so. got a super dumb question. If we really wanted to go like pure Eddie class, like if we really in the oh, spirit of cycling, totally would you be awesome. allowed to not wear a helmet? No, <laughs> not <laughs> not not an Obra. Not not there's no sanctioning bodies going to no let you go out there and race yeah. a bike without a helmet on. So. I'm sure the insurance would be pretty expensive. Right. As a matter of fact, for for Obra, where we're at the Oregon Bicycle Racing uh-huh. Association, you can't even like in the pits ride your yeah. bicycle around without sense. your helmet off. Yeah. You'll get screamed at by an yeah. official. Like, Get off your bike I, and walk it. I 100% so. assume that, but I was wondering if yeah. just for the Eddie division, they're like, you're allowed to not wear a helmet yeah. now. No. This is actually the same thing in triathlon is you can yeah. get disqualified from oh, the yeah. race yeah, you're for biking for... around before the race without yeah. a helmet on. Yeah, there you go. So just so you guys know, put that your, helmet Your on. helmet can't even be off until you're at the bike rack well, in I'm a triathlon. Saying like, I'm yeah. saying like if you're biking around before the race, mm-hmm. you, can get, yep. you can get in trouble. So. All right. so before I interrupted you and talked about the... Uh, the difference between Eddie and then your, your traditional time trial with all of the aerodynamic advantages. You had something that you were starting to touch oh, yeah. on. Totally lost it. Totally it's lost. It. It's gone. I was, I was probably talking about like we're too far starting the rabbit to, hole. At some point we'll get into strategies and aerodynamics and yeah, stuff like for that. Sure. But I think that's what I, I was that's referring what you're to. talking yep. about. Yep. Um, sure. So traditionally in time trials, um, at least for the, your flat variety that you have, they're mostly flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a 20 K 20 kilometers, which is 12.4 miles. And you've got a 40 K, which is twice that. And it's going to be 24.8 miles. Um, the Jack Frost time trial that we will all be participating in will be a 20 K competition. Thank so God. you're going to yeah. be 30 minutes plus or minus however, mm-hmm. you know, however many minutes you're, you know, some of us might be <laughs> <laughs> 30 to 40, 50, man. We'll be yeah. out there. The wind, the, the, the wind on this course will obviously play a massive factor. You know factor. what's interesting is, um, is, so, you know, for those of you guys that don't know this, we actually just did a ride, a group ride uh, out there, and it was not windy when we were out there riding hard. I think no. we were there at the right time of day. Yeah. And then I as think, soon yeah. as we started riding home, oh it was God. like, it was so blow your socks off. It was like, yeah, it was for sure. absolutely mm-hmm. putting me into a standstill. It was ridiculous. It was so windy on the way yeah, home. So time of day is going to make a difference Correct. for sure. And the way they run those races is they send someone off basically every 30 seconds or so. Correct. And so, and it's a big group. And so, um, there will be people kind of all day kind of going through. The yeah. Race. I think they'll get started. What is it like nine or nine thirty in the morning? I think so. Be about the first rider to yep. go out, and then they'll send out somebody like Matt said. Every thirty seconds, they will from time to time press pause just to yeah. check and make sure that everything's good kosher with the course. Um, if they have any kind of mishaps or whatnot, but mm-hmm. um, they pretty much will stay tried and true through the entire race until it's done. Um, and then the last ones will probably leave somewhere around 11, 30, 12 o'clock. And like I said, take about thirty-ish minutes to uh, finish. Um, if you're finishing sub thirty, you're, you're flying. If you're a little bit over thirty, you're, you're still doing pretty good. <laughs> if you're north of like say forty, forty-five minutes, you're Kind of it's a long day moving along. It's a long yeah. day. Yeah. So you're getting your money's worth at that point. So, but, um, they do have other types of time trials. Um, you know, more notably in triathlon, you guys are pretty much doing a time trial when you're on the bike component. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have uphill time trials and that's yeah. where you'll pretty much, I would, I would, I would, I would really that. love to see. I, I had just seen a Facebook post about this where they're talking about doing a Nash, uh, American national hill climb like series. Yeah. yeah. It's a Phil Guyman thing. I think yeah. Putting and, it on. and they're talking about Mount Baker. That'd that be, be cool. cool. Yeah. That'd be really, really cool. Which is up north of 
It's like Seattle, Seattle, area. Seattle the Bellingham it? area, isn't it? I don't know. I, I thought it was that east of north? Seattle. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so let's talk about some of our uh, strategies for this. So for me, I'll, I'll kick this off. Um, I think it's really important and not absolutely necessary, but it's really important to have a power meter and kind of yeah. have a good idea of what your functional threshold mm-hmm. power is or FTP. And that's basically the number of watts that you can hold for a sustained mm-hmm. period of time. For FTP, a lot of people are doing a test in a 20 minute period, and that's giving us an idea of what our our theoretical one hour ability is to hold said watts are Um, having a good understanding of that number is going to give you an advantage because you can go out and what always happens in this kind of a race is people will hear the words go and they just drop the power down and they just just drop the hammer they're they're flying and they're going way too hard for the first minute two minutes three minutes and then they'll settle into their their routine and then they'll get about halfway to three quarters of the way through and like oh my gosh my numbers are just they're, they're falling way down or I'm feeling I'm drop, drop, drop. Exactly. Yep. And then you have what's called a positive split. And we don't want to have a positive split. Matt, you want to tell us what a negative split is? So a negative split is, you know, it's the same in each sport, like running or, or biking or even swimming. So it's when you're actually going to go faster on the second half of the particular event. Exactly. So we don't want to get into a situation where we peter out and we mm-hmm. slow down as the race starts to wrap up and you finish slower, which is going to overall, I think it's going to give you an overall slower period of time. Because mm-hmm. even though you got a little bit more of a speed advantage in that first minute or two minutes, I think the last mm-hmm. like four or five minutes, you're going to have a yeah. slower overall number, yeah. which is going to cost you time. And you don't want to lose time in this kind of a situation. Do, do you know where I think the, the, cause I was somebody who for a very long time, always positive splitted races, mm-hmm. no matter what race it was, I positive split every single race I was in. Uh-huh. And I think it comes from like this fear that you're going to get to that finish line and have not emptied yourself. Yeah. I think so. I think just kind of realizing, like, okay, you can still, if you were able yeah. to push through the middle section of that race without feeling like you're dying, yeah. like you, you can still have a really fast end to that race and really hit it. So, but this is where we, t- so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear from people at this table who race to power for something like this. Because I thing, don't, because there's negative splitting Do your you go time sh- and yeah. there's negative splitting your power. And those yeah. are two very different things and, because, and, and also wind, ne- right? wind. negative splitting yeah. kind of how you feel at that moment. Right. I mean, really, so do you guys. Do you guys go straight out at your FTP? Like, do you hit that number and you just try to hold that? Or like, how how do you approach that? Do you go ten percent below and then work your way to it? I think ten percent's way too big of a number. Okay. Um, I'll usually try and keep it just under a couple watts, five maybe ten watts underneath, mm-hmm. um, which it's not obviously not going to be for me ten uh, percent. Mm-hmm. And then um, you've also got to listen to your body because every single day you get on the bike or do any kind of an event, mm-hmm. you're going to feel a little bit different. Yeah. And there are some days where you're going to feel like Superman, um, mm-hmm. like AKA Lance, yeah. and you're going to go out there and you're going <laughs> to drop yeah. the hammer and you're yeah. going to go a little bit harder but I, I, I still think paying attention to those numbers and staying at or just below just a touch um so that you can have that negative split because when i come back on the return barring wind um yeah. you know slowing yeah, it's down, depend mm-hmm. i'm going to want to push it a little bit more and i can do that especially with these uh these 20k races because mm-hmm. they're a little bit shorter than that yep. that, that hour long 40k mm-hmm. um I can push out a few more watts. So instead of being like five watts under, maybe 10 watts under what my FTP is, the mm-hmm. second half, I might come out a little bit stronger and start pushing up five. And then once I get three quarters of the way through, maybe even go 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. And then that last mile, I, I, I'll i try and bury myself and I'll try and hold something over north of 400 watts as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. to finish the race and have that good solid negative split. So, oh, man. so 
I, maybe this is why I've always been such a terrible time trialist because I've never done a time trial with a power meter before. It makes oh, a big difference. It makes yeah. a huge difference. It's always either. been off like perceived exertion, and I mm-hmm. certainly struggle from arousal control issues. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> so, a very nice way of saying it. Lance is trying to <laughs> Lance at the beginning I of the race. I would then. always go out too fast. Yeah. Always well, go out too fast. I probably disagree with Drake, Jake to some degree. I think anytime you're accelerating, it's okay to um, surpass your... Mm-hmm. you know, your normal wattage goals or your average wattage goals. So anytime you're accelerating the bike, at, i.e. the beginning of the race or coming out of turns, I mm-hmm. typically will try to put in a Spike little bit of a dig. A yep, mm-hmm. yep, just to get up to speed as fast as possible, just because if you're up to speed as fast as possible, your average time is gonna be slightly faster mm-hmm. than if you were to like, um, you know, not necess- just do that slow acceleration and yeah. just come into it. I agree with you on the acceleration yeah. component. I'm just talking about the, uh, the watts that I'm holding. So, yeah. which is, is, it's interesting in, especially on a course like this, which is flat, like basically like your average power is going to determine your time. Like you are, you know, they are very, very closely related. And so really keeping a very nice, even power throughout the race or slightly negative splitting, if you can, you know, that's when you're going to get your best times. So, I mean, you can run out the formulas and things like that, and you can look at it when you have courses that do have Hills in it, there's an advantage to going a little bit harder Mm -hmm. than, you know, FTP or however the, or basically your average power for a particular race, but on a flat course, you know, your variance in power should be very, very low. Yeah. Like just pretty much. Yeah. So know. basically your average power should look like your normalized power. Yeah, exactly. Those you numbers know. should be. Yeah. So yeah. And the difference between those, they, they call, I don't remember the IF value or whatever mm-hmm. that is. And you want that basically yeah. to be one. Yeah. Yeah. So gotcha. Yeah. So there's, there, there, there is a little bit of debate on this cause I am yeah. not going to be able to cite the article, but there was an article in bicycling, uh, bicycling magazine that was, talking about time trial strategy, what, what yeah. we're talking about right now. And I talked about there was a, a lab study done where they were trying to look at what approach to a, I think it was like a 20 minute test, produce the best power for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, this was a small sample size. I'm sure it was a study with a small sample size, but they 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 looked at actually doing a slight over under approach to it. Yeah. To where it was segments where they were pushing, you know, two, 3% over, dip down two, 3% below their threshold, back and forth and back and forth. And they were finding that that and positive splitting actually produced very similar results to what a pure negative, you know, approached it, which hmm, I think cool. negative for the longest time is how people, people you know, race. approach it. Yeah. But I think that, 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 that over under to me seemed like an interesting approach. And there, yeah. And, and I, yeah, I don't think this is stuff is like figured out completely. I don't think that, mm-hmm. that, that the four of us have the answers yeah. by any means. I, mean, I don't think anybody has um, answers on it. I know yeah. when they, when you talk about racing the 800 meters in track and field, like the typically the fastest times in the world are not negative split at all. Mm-hmm. They go out very hard for the first oh, lap yeah. and then yeah. they hang on for the last lap and that's it. Like that's the world record, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't subscribe that negative splitting is the, the yeah. only way to do it. But in my opinion, it's the most enjoyable way to do it. You know? <laughs> well, and it, and, and also, you know, it depends on your physiology. Like, I mean, you got to be an elite athlete to be able to put out, I mean, you know, go hammer 450 and then hold on somehow at whatever your FTP yeah. is after an effort like that. I think to speak to that too, you don't want a negative split just for sake of negative splitting. You don't yeah. want to sabotage the first half of your race just yeah. because you want to be able to say, yeah, I negative split when you left a bunch of Watts on the table, mm-hmm. a bunch of output on the table that you could have put into a better time. Yeah. So it, 
a lot of this does come from repetition. You've got to know your body. You've mm-hmm. got to know what you can hold because, you know, there might be a day that I go out that I my my first half might be my FTP because I'm feeling really good, or there might be some days where I feel like crap, and I know that I will yeah. in time, you know, come around a little bit, and I maybe have to dial back a little bit. So that just comes from doing these things over and over again, and it comes from knowing yeah. your body. And mm-hmm. don't 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 sandbag the first half just so you can you know yeah. that's I don't know if we're actually sandbagging, but don't go out there and do that. Yeah. Just so you can say I had a negative split, you know. Mm-hmm. At least I went out there and I tried hard. Yeah. Well, don't leave anything on the table either. Mm-hmm. So it's the positive splitters nightmare right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got four people sitting at the table here. We're hoping that Lance is going to be able to join us. Lance, will you do this on a time trial bike, or will you jump in the Eddie class? I, I don't know. <laughs> Lance isn't positive he's going to be racing yet. Let's say that you can be there. What bike do you show up with? Um, I'll probably show up in the Eddie class in on Eddie my class. road bike. Gotcha. Um, I, I do have a time trial bike. It is um, a little too small for me, mm-hmm. so I can't really it's put out fun. very good yeah. power numbers on it. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I'm cramped on it a little bit. Too. Gotcha. But it is slippier. It is yeah. faster. What so. about the wheels that you have for your road bike, though? Because you'll your wheels are pretty decent as far as sizing goes. They're compliant. They're, they're compliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're under forty millimeters. Under forty. Oh, yeah. They're exactly okay. forty. I'm gonna measure. <laughs> I'm gonna measure. <laughs> they're and if up. they're even slightly <laughs> off, uh-huh. flag you. You are out of there. They're, they're the head three point yeah. four. Or, pardon me. Yeah, head three point four vanquish. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about some other strategies. Um, we, we talked about a negative split. We know talked about knowing your power numbers. Um, I think for for me, another one, you guys kind of already touched on this. You got to know the weather that day. You got to mm-hmm. know what to expect yeah. because if you go out and you're dropping the hammer and you're putting down your power numbers and you get this massive tailwind coming back and you're looking at a giant headwind, we've had this happen before out there, Jack Frost before. That is demoralizing when you're putting oh, down massive numbers and you're going like 19 miles an hour. hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the middle again, of a time trial. It, it kind of plays into that having that power meter. Like you just, if, I mean, yes, it's demoralizing, but you have to trust the power meter and the, the numbers are, you know, if you're putting out what you can put out, that's the right thing to do. You know, if the wind is in your face and let's say that I want to hold 200 Watts for, you know, my average for, you know, Jack Frost time trials, that's not my real numbers, but it's a nice round number. And so, you hit it on the way out, the wind's on your back and you're feeling great because you're moving fast. When that wind hits you in the face and it's kicking you in the pants, like you just have to look at that number and be like, I'm still hitting my numbers because you're pushing against the wind, you're just going slower, you're still pushing the same watts and that should give you a decent time. Again, wind is kind of like hills. If you can technically ride a little bit harder into the wind, you'll end up with an average time that's slightly faster. So um, that could Mm -hmm. be a strategy for you guys. If you do know that the wind is gonna come at you a certain direction, technically you should ride into that a little bit harder maybe that kind of yeah I, three or four yeah, percent you know range with your ftp mm-hmm. or that you're be willing numbers. to do what the others won't do and, right. and know what you're capable of doing and kind of pour yourself into it so that you mm-hmm. can get the best possible time let me ask you guys a question though about being on your time trial bike when the wind does start blowing quite heavily into you yeah. um you guys are in your arrow bars and you're in mm-hmm. your, your arrow position is there no. much else that you can do while you're in that position to make yourself more aerodynamic obviously you want to stay off the base bar but yeah. is there anything that you can do do you change your head angle do you guys bring your back down a little bit do you kind of try and tuck things in somewhere yeah so yeah we're always careful about the head and you have yeah. to be looking up the road all the time but you can definitely there are some little things that you can do for example you can like 
duck your head down, kind of, they would call it like almost like a little bit of like a turtle. You're look hunching, where, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. where your shoulders are shrugged a little bit. That's mm-hmm. technically more aerodynamic. You can do the same thing on a road bike, actually, if you're tucked down and Correct. you kind of tuck your head down mm-hmm. a little bit like that. You know, typically when I know a big wind gust, you feel that start to come along, I'll usually kind of just automatically kind of cringe into that position. I think all of us kind of do that kind of when we're getting dropped or whatever, we want to tuck in behind someone. We all kind of duck down and kind of crunch our shoulders a little bit. Like, Ooh, I'm I'm hiding hiding behind someone. Yeah. So there's, and those definitely work. You can see those in wind tunnels. Like you do the shoulder shrug. I mean, it's kind of one of those things Mm -hmm. and they'll say it's crazy. Like you can get like 10 Watts from a shoulder shrug in head position. Your your own drag is like 70 to 80% of wind drag. So, Yeah, you crazy. can either pay four thousand dollars for more expensive wheels or shrug your shoulders. <laughs> it's you know, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. wow. So on yeah. on a road bike, it's a little bit different in that you've got multiple positions that you can choose from. You guys are just going to pretty much try and make yourself smaller by shrugging your shoulders, which you can do on the road bike as well. Yeah. But, um, so here's the question: Do you guys go so? Because I have done Eddy class TTs mm-hmm. before. Do you go drops or do you actually try to bring your arms in closer and make your frontal area smaller? There's some interesting strategies you know in, what? The, in the Eddie Hicks division. I, yeah, I, sure. I was always going, I would bring everything in close because I felt very comfortable with my forearms on the base yeah. bars. What yeah. I've tried to do as well, I mm-hmm. I should know these things. Um, I will put my hands up on the hoods and, or even try and get like the, the forearms mm-hmm. yeah. up on the, the, the crossbar, the, the, the top bar. And yeah tuck the elbows in, keep yeah. the head low and make yourself as small as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example that I have of this is last year when we did it, um, teammate Chris Hannell is, he's you know several inches shorter than I am, but mm-hmm. this guy is incredibly good at making himself small on the bike. So is, yeah. we took a look at the power numbers. We took a look at, because he and I had a little competition and um, he, <sighs> Let's see here. He went earlier in the day. He went twice. The guy's insane. He <laughs> rode in his he rode in his category like he got second place on his road bike against everybody else in their their time trial equipment. That's how small <laughs> and aerodynamic the guy yeah. is. And then he came back later on in the day and didn't have much of a, a downtime to to kind it was of like ten seconds difference or something. It was well, really small. He did his his twenty k and then he had like twenty or thirty minutes to go out and then do the Eddie class, do the same thing. Right. And so he and I had a bet going, and we ended up it was comparing Eddie to Eddie. But he went out earlier in the day, and I'm not sure if he had a little bit of an advantage because the, the wind does pick up as the day goes on here. And the Eddie class typically does deal with a little bit more wind. That's mm-hmm. neither here yeah. nor there. I think he was a couple seconds faster than me if I go back and take a look at the times. Um, and he's on his road bike, but he put out, I want to say it was like 40 or 50 less average watts than yeah. I did for the mm-hmm. entire race. And that's a testament to aerodynamics. And the guy is yeah. incredibly good about making himself small on the bike and super aerodynamic. And he will typically put his forearms on the, the, the bar yeah. and he'll get super small and he can just put out watts and just makes himself fly. So I, I think that on the road bike, that's probably... Mm-hmm based on my assumptions, probably the best position to be in as opposed to obviously you don't want to be up on the hoods because you're raising your upper body up, Mm -hmm. um, acting as a sail. You can be up on the hoods and you can drop your chest down, but you're still catching air because your arms are a little bit wider out. So if you bring those elbows in, you tuck those elbows in and you get yourself Mm -hmm. smaller, I think you're making yourself more aerodynamic. The the sphinx position or whatever, like you're, you're almost like 
curling your hands up on the bars to get your elbows down and in. They say that's yeah. really fast. On huh. the, so you're putting yeah. your hands underneath, like um, you kind of basically like the whole point of it is bringing your elbows in, but you're you're coming across the base bars. You're still grabbing like the top hoods, mm-hmm. but your palms your are, fa- are your palms facing up, and you're grabbing the yeah. bottom of the yeah, bar. Yeah, you're kind of like the way I do it, and I'm probably doing it wrong. Is basically like my pinkies and stuff like that come underneath the hoods, and it brings your elbows like twisting inward. Uh, um, supinating would be the anatomical term. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> science but yeah because it brings it makes your whole upper body so narrow that they say that that's one of the fastest positions and that being down in the drops is faster but it's you know because your body position your your back is getting lower and things like that but your arms are more exposed and your elbows are wider typically in the drops and so it's weird to kind of like look at fast positions on road bikes because you know it's it's such a it's such a different bike and it's such a different like position wise that your whole body is. And this is also where you can look at, you could probably put out more power in the drops than when you're formed, because if you're having that upper body being able to pull, you know, as you, as you push down there, that there is something to be said for being able to set your core, which is why, um, a lot of skis now on, you know, going back to the TT setups. Um, I think Kona was a good example this year. If people were watching that, there were people who brought their forearms up at instead of being at a flat angle, so mm-hmm. a zero degree angle, they they were bringing their forearms up to some people as high as like a forty five yeah. degree angle. They call it like the praying mantis position, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's yeah. that's exactly yeah yeah yeah. If you're listening to this and trying to picture it, it basically looks like a praying mantis. Yeah, is what and yeah. that's kind of the position I've even gotten myself into a little bit Me more, too. and I, and I like too. it a lot yeah. more. It's more comfortable because you're, you're you're able to really pull up on those bars and set yourself, you know, set your core, really stabilize, right. and you know, put put power through without having to worry about stabilizing the bike. I think if I was on the road bike that I would bounce around a little bit. I know that it's 30 minutes, it's not very long, but like, I think I would go into the drops. I think I would, you know, power, I would probably even stand up through the turns and put put some watts in when I'm accelerating, yeah. things like that. And so I would probably bounce around a little bit on a road bike, probably more than I will. Change muscle groups, yeah. yeah probably Absolutely. more than I will You're on a TT bike. You're gonna out if you try to, I mean, even on a TT bike, I'll get onto my drops and, you know, and get up out of the yeah, saddle and kind of push. Turns. Yeah, You can constantly be analyzing things as well because you have your power numbers. Mm-hmm. You can t- tweak with your um, mm-hmm. position just a touch and if you're in a position where you know there's no wind all you have to do is look at your average speed or your speed that mm-hmm. you're going and if you all of a sudden put out like you know a couple tenths more of a you know miles per hour maybe that's the position you need to be yeah in. so yeah. hold that for a uh, second and, and we yeah. all are built a little bit differently and i think we all kind of go through the wind a little bit differently i'm probably going to be the biggest sail out of all of us because i have more mm-hmm. mass than you guys so i have to kind of tinker with that as much as i possibly can and get myself into a position that i'm more aerodynamic i've got to get real skinny if i'm ever going to have any chance of beating jake in a time trial like i've got to get like slippery so we talked about wind position and things like that and like what to do with the wind and things like that and one of my recommendations for people that are looking for time trial strategies is to know the course. Yep. So in, in knowing the wind is a little bit similar to that, right? Where you're like, okay, I know the wind is going to come from this direction at this particular time of day. Like that helps, you know, like, you know, at least mentally, like, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, bring it home hard if I'm going against the wind, mm-hmm. but knowing the course too, um, it, you know, we're all facing this Jack Frost time trial. There are, you know, a couple of turns and things like that where inevitably someone's going to get flagged for crossing the yellow line and they will get disqualified Mm -hmm. because they always put a judge there. Mm -hmm. Um, Just knowing the course that you guys are potentially tackling when you're doing a time trial, I think is super valuable. And having ridden the course, potentially even riding the course hard so you kind of know how you're going to feel in the event. We went hard this past weekend on a a ride, which is great. I know I kind of, I still feel like I haven't really given it enough tries to kind of dial in exactly how to to race yet 
um, typically, you know, I'll race once or twice or so, you know, go out and do a workout on the course so that I kind of have a feel a little bit more of like, okay, things are going to start hurting at this point. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. Like we've gotten through this before, you know, and then you're at race day and it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, but knowing the course definitely huge for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being able to come in into a turn wide yeah. and then cutting it close, close to that yellow line without crossing it over and keeping your speed up as much as you possibly can yeah. so that you're a, not losing time because you're mm-hmm. breaking too much and B you're not burning extra Watts or kilojoules to get yourself yep. back up to speed is a big advantage. So that, and kinda, on the head, I feel like knowing where the finish line is too, right? Like, Oh, so no, knowing it, where the finish line is, is huge. It's so, yeah. so in Jack Frost, you go through these two turns and you know, I, I lose speed going through those turns or whatever you come through the second one and you, you know, you just have this last stretch and I'm going to guess it's like a minute or two worth of like time left. And for me, that's like, that's it. Give the last hundred percent. Like you yeah. just mm-hmm. go to the well, like try to make yourself throw up on the bike. Like just give it all. Cause there's, you know, there's a, that last little block yeah. and that's it. Like, cause you hit that, that, that right hander coming yep. back away from Vancouver Lake. Right. And yeah. then yeah, it's one minute or two down. It's not that mm-hmm. much time left, but I feel like that's the time to go. Yeah. But I, Jake, you should take it easy. Okay. Because we have a bet, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, <laughs> easy for sure. Jake and I have a bet on. I think the finish line is like six miles from there, yeah. Jake. So, yeah, just make sure you save some. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the back pedal on that is that Jake and I are going to be racing. He's going to do the Eddie Merck division, and I'm going to have all the time trial gear known to man, and I'm going to go toe to toe with Jake time for time. And whoever mm-hmm. wins the winner, buys, no, buys sparkling water. The for, winner buys? No. Loser buys. Okay. Sorry. Loser buys. Say, yeah. <laughs> Whoever, if you win, then you buy. If I no, just <laughs> <laughs> we'll decide on that. Yeah, day. So yeah, okay. heads so, I win, tails you lose. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Lose, loser buys sparkling water for the podcast. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the the position, um, one thing that I want to add, just as like a little side note, whatever position it is that you find that works best for you. Make sure that you keep your head up, please. Um, oh, keep yeah. your oh, eyes God, yeah. eyes up. Um, you'd be amazed at how many accidents happen in time trials because people get into that zone of just like, mm-hmm. I'm turning myself inside out, I'm holding this number, I'm starting to see a little bit sideways, mm-hmm. and they're staring at their stem, they're looking at their front wheel, they're looking just in front of their wheel, and they're not looking ahead mm-hmm. of them for other cyclists. Yep. They're yeah. not looking for indentations or dips or obstacles in the road or, heaven forbid, missing a turn. Um, these things happen, and, yeah, they, and they happen regularly. So make sure you keep your head up. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes back into knowing the course, too. <laughs> know where the turns yeah. are at so that you're uh, not coming into a one corner my, one, super hot. One of my worst crashes was in a time trial, actually. Yeah. yeah. Long long time ago in Ohio, we were, I was head down, right turn was coming up, hit the brakes way too hard, went straight over oh. and just, I barely oh. remember it. Oh. Hit, skidded. Nasty. I was, oh God, I was and, a bad concussion. That was a really hit, bad concussion. You can hit other cyclists too, yeah. where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going fast and you're, put the head down you know, for you're a thinking like, long, yeah. you're like, Hey, flat section, just put your head down and hammer. And you, you know, in these time trials, yeah. you know, we talk about how it's kind of like an individual sport and it's just you versus the clock and all this stuff. There are other bikers out on the road. If you're biking, you are either going to get passed or you are going to pass someone yeah. inevitably in mm-hmm. that race. Like it will happen. Cause there's, you know, this event is yeah. every 30 seconds. And yeah. even I think if I overtook about 11 or 12 people last year yeah. and it's not because I was going super fast. It's just that there's all shapes and sizes and yep. inability mm-hmm. levels out there. So mm-hmm. when you're on the course, know that that's happening. Yep. Um, in that same breath, when you're coming up on somebody, or 
make sure that you announce yourself. Yes, like, be definitely. very vocal in advance. Yell not, and not the last second, but yeah, mm-hmm. on your left. And that should cue the person to get over to their right, closer yeah. to the white fog line, so that you can pass them safely. I've had so many people too, and you know, you say on your left and they go to the left. You know, yeah. don't don't do that. Tell me that guy. Yeah. Or you know, don't ride in the middle of the road if you know that you're gonna get overtaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, try and stay a little bit right so that people can come around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That that's yeah. a another little pro tip yeah. for those that are doing this for the first time or maybe aren't super fast but they're working on it and, and you know yeah. kudos to you for getting out there and racing but just be courteous of other racers out there yeah so i was gonna say it's on it's on the slower and the faster rider to make sure that that yeah. pass goes safely yeah i think it was two years ago it might have even been three years ago i don't remember whenever it was that i did the the jack frost time trial the um the return trip back in because it's kind of an out and back with a couple turns in it the wind was blowing so strongly in our face that there was a poor lady out there that was basically kind of paper boying she's going left to right left to right (laughs) just to get through the wind and i had to go around her i'm like i I felt bad for her because she was she was having a hard time you know kudos to her for being out there but she was having a hard time just getting through the wind and I'm having to overtake her without crossing the yellow line. She's taking up pretty much the whole lane. I, you know, I yelled as loud as I could a couple of times and she finally heard me and, and pulled straight into the wind and it slowed her down yep. even more. And I yep. encouraged her as I came around and then she went back to her paperboying ways. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, just be courteous of other riders and, and be vocal. This is this is something, That's God, Matt, and you know this, we run into this in triathlon all the time. There is... I mean, there people get passionate and angry about this conversation, whether you're the person passing or the person getting passed. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, I've always thought just announce yourself, but I will admit there was a race um, in Ohio. I had a, this was the first year Ohio 73 uh, for Ironman was there. And they, for whatever reason, Ironman always likes to send out the 25 to 29 year old guys like dead last. Yeah. So we jump in the water. We have to swim over these poor people who are panicking in the water. And when I say swim over, I mean literally yeah. like I can't see them till they're right there and I'm like drowning somebody and feel terrible. Yeah. And then it's, you jump on the bike and, you know, I mean, for that, that, that was actually my bike PR. And, you know, I was going 26, 5, 26, 6. Yeah. And I mean, I am flying by these people and it's, it's you've got not safe. No. And there, and, and it was a huge, you know, there was a ton of people who showed up for it. And you got these sections where it's like I was basically riding the yell, you know, right on the line for the entire time. And I can only say on your left so many times before it's like, all right, I can't breathe. I've got to like put my head down. <laughs> I'm whizzing by somebody. Yep. And I, you know, you feel terrible because you're scaring them half to death. But I think it's on the race organizers too to make sure when they're organizing these time trials that you're not causing chaos out on the course too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the guys that put on the race do a pretty good job yeah. and they're, they're usually savvy cycling racers. time trial yeah. so i'll say they cycling time trials know how to organize it so much better a triathlon yeah. whoever puts out the timing for triathlons we need to like have a sit it's, down with them all because of us they want to they don't want to close the roads for any longer than they need to close the roads so they're like let's put as many bikes at the same time on the course yeah which it's just like oh, i had a, i had a great tough. suggestion from from a friend and he actually wrote up a email to iron man because this does go into time trialing where he was saying the biggest problems on the roads with the time trial bikes and he said what you need to do is you need to take the top 50 so roughly from race predicted times your top 50 or your top 100 if available and those guys go off right after the pros do. Those guys and females go off right after the pros do. And then you do your age group roll down from there. And it yeah, would only bump it back by three minutes yeah. tops. That's There'd be idea. no major change in how long yeah. you have to close the roads. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Here's another one I got for you. Make sure you calibrate your 
um, power meter before you go out there on the race. <laughs> so, so you're so saying power meters are important. They're, they're pretty important, yes. <laughs> you should probably charge your electronic shift detail. Yes. My power meter's dead right now. Oh, get that thing pal- calibrated because you, you don't want to have it dead, yeah. go out there and be giving you a low or a high number because if it's giving you a high number, obviously you're going to peter out. And if it's giving you a low number, you're leaving time out on the course. So make sure that thing mm. is calibrated and dialed in. And in conjunction with that, know the difference between your power meter on your bike and if you're using a smart trainer, the power yep. numbers that you're getting off of that yep. trainer because different those numbers. are going to be two totally different numbers when you're looking at yes. an indoor training session yeah. versus yeah. your power meter outside. And a lot of us if have been biking Wahoo all winter. Kick, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're on a Wahoo kicker, you're getting lower numbers, so well, you might yeah, want to bump probably. up your guesstimated yeah. FTP. Yeah. 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 The, the numbers that Evan and I did on this Wahoo kicker workout, it was the yeah. kicker snaps. Those numbers were so far well, off. And I'm, and I, and I'm like even saying, even, even on my one at home, because I'll go out oh, and write yeah. now this is what people need to understand too is that your trainer wattage is naturally quite a bit lower than right. your outside wattage yeah so yeah just what you're able to produce when you're outside mm-hmm. in the wild riding and whatnot it's mm-hmm. gonna be I, I'm guessing it's gonna be it's quite a seven eight ten percent more yeah I think so I, I would say ten percent you know. yep. and yep. I and I just know from from numbers I've seen when I've gone out with Dustin who does you know we me and him ride yeah. the power together yeah, I mean, the numbers I see outside are a lot bigger yeah. than the numbers I see in So person. when I take my Garmin um, little head unit and I pair it up to my Garmin vector pedals that I use, um, and I look at that in comparison to the Wahoo Kicker, it's not terribly difficult unless one of them needs to be calibrated. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen numbers as far apart as 40 watts, which is pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah. Do calibrations, and I can usually get it within 10 watts, maybe 12 or 15 at yeah. worst. Um, with the Garmin reading higher than the Wahoo Kicker. So I need to take that into consideration when I ride outside. And then, like mm-hmm. we just said, you have to take into consideration when you're actually riding outside, you're going to be putting out more numbers. numbers yeah. you know, the, working in a clinical setting, which is what a lot of people are doing now, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like riding in a clinic. Um, with your yeah. indoor stuff, it's, it's dramatically different. So, and, yeah. and also, just talking about like race day adrenaline and the effect of like a decent taper. Yeah. So yeah. I'm taking away from time trying to do a second to talk about running, but don't limit yourself by what you guesstimated that your FTP would be going into the race. If you yeah. are riding at a certain wattage and you feel good still, mm-hmm. like you're, you know, you're not pushing too hard. Don't let that, that, that number limit your effort at that moment. Gotcha. I mean, this race lasts 30 minutes. Like if you feel good for a five minute section, you should probably be pushing pretty hard. Like you should yeah. really take advantage of that feeling. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question about this going into mm-hmm. a time trial. What does your morning look like? Let's yeah. say you have a 10 o'clock race. What are you eating? What are you putting into your body? How are you fueling yourself? Should we say the whole week, like just just like a taper week? You're kind of talk about you that for too? sushi? Yeah. You're going to go for oh, sushi. Oh, yeah, sushi yeah. bomb, yeah. Jake oh. does his sushi. <laughs> yeah. Such a bad idea. <laughs> sushi for breakfast, right, Jake? <laughs> Leftover sushi for breakfast. <laughs> uh, what are you guys eating on the day of like a, um, a, a, a time trial? I, I treat it, so I've, I've grown up doing like a lot of running road races and things like that, and so... I will treat it just like that, and that's just because it's habit, and habit forming is pretty good when it comes to races. Yep. But um, I'll do simple foods like a bagel, really like toast, like stuff like that, and water. Nothing like milk, no milk product type yeah. stuff. Do you not do banana? Um, no, I'd be, a banana would be fine. That would mm-hmm. not sit, 
you know, that would sit extremely well with me as far as mm-hmm. that goes. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of try to time things looking at exactly what time I'll start and just make sure I have enough fuel in me kind of with an hour to go or so. Yep. Uh, and so I'll watch that a little bit, you know, I probably won't do, I'm, I don't know if I'm like right now, I was talking to Evan about this. Like I'm feeling really are, sensitive to are caffeine. You're not going to do right caffeine. Now. That was going to be my question for I, you. Yeah. I would normally in a normal situation, I would drink like a kind of a, a pre-workout drink, like with, fully loaded caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I'll do that this weekend just because, you know, I, I've been really sensitive to caffeine lately Yeah, and I don't know if it's worth it. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll, pr- I'll probably maybe I might have one on hand in case I'd change my mind or something like that. Just have a goo with you that I got some caffeine yeah. in case you need, yeah, that jump. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But caffeine works. It's a performance enhancer. Mm-hmm. I'll take all of the caffeine. Yeah. All of it. No. <laughs> so, so Lance, obviously no caffeine. So oh, no, you, no, I would, I would take caffeine. caffeine. So, but it would be, it you know, either in a, in a goo or. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Something like yeah, that. Goo, yeah, okay. I just don't drink coffee, but do you, I'd take plenty of caffeine. <laughs> do you, do you, do you ever use noon? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I use the noon. That's yeah, usually noon my go-to is noon. With caffeine in them. Yeah. yeah I and like the got, lemon lime ones. Oh God, they got like, yeah. ha, have you looked at the milligrams of caffeine they actually have in those? It is, it is intense. Yeah. You're taking like a French person's equivalent of an espresso drink. That's <laughs> yeah. How many, how many else is it? I need to look at, I think it's 350. I Whoa, think. really? I think. Wow. I need to, look, let me Google this before. Okay, I, Cause I say a lot of the, the ones that are higher that I've seen like in goose and whatnot are usually right around hundred milligrams. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think a cup of coffee is about that. And if you're going to get like a, a European coffee, it's probably double that if I'm not mistaken. Well, it depends too. Like sometimes drip coffee has higher caffeine levels than oh, like it does. espresso. It does. Surprising, when I say a cup of coffee, that's what I'm referring to yeah. as a drip cup of coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has the highest caffeine content out of all of the different drinks. Um, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the day of the race. You're there in the morning. You're obviously not going to just roll up to the start line, the start house, and say, on your market set, go. Well, I You're might. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I might. If you were a wise man, you would spend some time warming up. Um, what are you guys doing for your warm-up routine? You know what's great about this particular course? A lot of a lot of time trial courses, when you get there, you don't have access to the road. You can't. You really can't get on the course and warm up much. On this race, there's basically, you kind of actually have to bike to get to the starting line. So, um, well, I mean, you don't have, yeah, you do kind of have to, bike it is, over it's, there. it's almost a mile. It's like seven tenths or eight tenths of a mile to get to the start From house. where you park to yeah, the actual starting the staging area. Yeah. And so I like doing like actually biking a lot of people. I mean, almost every time trialist will bring some sort of like small bike trainer and basically spin the legs, go through a particular warm up routine. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I might, I, you know, it would, it probably would serve me well. I'd probably race better if I did a bit of a, a normal warm up routine, but I just don't know if I want to haul over. I don't know. It's not that hard to haul over. It's going to be so trainer. cold there too in the morning. There's a, actually a chance of snow on Saturday Jeez. and Sunday too. Yeah. We could be talking about this for nothing. If it does snow, <laughs> they will cancel or reschedule yeah. that race. Yeah. But, um, Small chances. Yeah. but if it's, if it's raining, if, to do if it's raining and that cold, I'm not, yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll bow out probably i'm a wimp so me personally i like to spend a good 20 ish 25 minutes ish on the the trainer warming up yeah can i just borrow your trainer sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) i have my little omnium um trainer by feedback sports which is super portable and super easy to take around and it's you got all the adapters for whatever kind of front uh fork you have or through actually have um so i'll take that and then i don't like spending all of my time just on that um, yeah with this particular that. one and usually wherever i go to do a time trial i'm still going to go out and find a stretch of road that i can go out and just 
get acclimated to my bike and yeah. kind of just do some breathing exercises, trying to get re- relaxed. Um, me personally, I always get super amped up prior to a race. And mm-hmm. for me to control that, that that's how I do Just get on my bike and kind of, you know, decompress a little bit, kind of give myself a certain little set amount of time to go out and do that. And mm-hmm. um, I like to do a couple openers outside on the bike, not just on the yep. trainer, but uh, leg openers just to kind of mm-hmm. get that neurological stimulation and kind of open things up so that your body's ready to yep. go out and do the work. Um, I like to do that. And then I'll roll over to the start house and I'll usually try and get there no more than two minutes. Obviously, you don't want to get there within like 30 seconds of your start time. You want to be queued up. They'll start calling your name and you want to make sure that you're in, in, in the queue for that. So mm-hmm. usually it's that sweet spot's about two minutes ahead of the, the start of the race. And then um, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go and they'll hold you up, put you in your position. They'll count you down and then send you on your merry way. Lance, do you have a warm up routine for races or? Um, I usually spend same similar something about 20, 25 minutes yep. on a trainer because um, usually the roads aren't open. The, right. the same thing. And then I need to make sure I feel good on my bike. Yeah. So I will try mm-hmm. to find a stretch of road somewhere where I can lay some watts yeah. down just to make sure I feel like, normal. yeah, feel yeah. normal. So Lance, this, this week, are you going to still be putting out some pretty, pretty solid efforts, pretty solid volume uh, going into this know, race? My, uh, my recovery sucks right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I took it's a little bit of a down, <laughs> I took a bit of a down week last week and my numbers haven't improved a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to have a bit of another down week this week. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe 10 hours instead of 20. So. <laughs> I love how that's, that's Jake's like high volume week. And that's Lance's talk about polarized training options here. When we're talking about how Jake trains versus how Lance trains. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, how about you, Evan? What's your weekend look like? Um, so, I mean, I'm, gonna try and hit close to 27 hours of training again this week so here's here's the thing is i'm i'm gonna ride to the time trial and i'm actually gonna do probably a 20 minute effort to the time trial because my save for afterwards well my my goal is to get three hard around half hour efforts in that day jump off and run a tempo 10k and then maybe get back on the bike for another kind of like just like sprint where you know like there's 30 that, minutes of sprint. There's a nice little trail out there to run. It's yeah. not it's not 10K in distance, but we can, yeah. you know, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. it'd be nice if to you, run. If you, if you want to jump off with me, I will well, absolutely run with you. If you're doing a 10K tempo, we won't be running together, but we could be running at the same time as well, each other. It'll be <laughs> tempo. I have no idea what that well, pace is going to yeah. look like. That's but, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll some yeah. shoes with you then. This is this is going to be the problem for me is I'm doing, well, yeah. I think oh. I think, I think I made, there, there are some friends driving, so I think I may just throw them in there. But, um, you know, for, for, for me, the day before I've got to get a long ride in and I've got to do a hard track workout. Like I got to do mile yeah. repeats that day. Well, so day before I'm just building excuses right now, all this is, but <laughs> you got to look at the big picture. Here's, here's the thing though, is that usually if I train hard into a race, I yeah. actually race fine there. Usually it's, yeah. it's when I try to mess around with my usual taper stuff yeah. is when, you know, it's get too antsy before I guess. Cool. Anybody have any goal times for the, uh, the race this weekend? Okay, well, I glanced at a split from when we went through, and that was with teammates and people and things like that, and I think I was like 3130 or something like that, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, it's hard to know because I definitely was sucking wheel here and there during um, during that little roll through so i mean obviously we well, all part of that too was the turnaround everybody kind of came off the gas and kind of leisurely went through that did. and then we had a slow roll up and and didn't really get back up to yeah. speed so you probably lost about a minute or, or so there i don't know about that i mean it's hard to say like I, you know you have a group of people that i mean when i was on your guys's wheel it definitely helped a lot 
I mean, huge, right? Sure, sure. I mean, you guys pulled through and I just was there. I, I was happy to get on that, you know, set of wheels for mm -hmm. just, I mean, it wasn't that long, but it was a couple minutes of, of free speed. Sure. And so, um, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what my time was last year. Maybe it was around 30, 30. I, I'd have to go back and look and see what it was. Um, but you know, kind of in that kind of range, if I could break 30 minutes, I'd be super pumped. My, my guess is Matt's going under 30. I don't that so that big bike it. week is gonna is you yeah. you did not have that big bike week going into this race last year i had a really horrible week this past week and so and it, it'll depend on the weather conditions and it'll depend on yeah. much other stuff and, absolutely yeah. um but yeah i mean i would love to break 30 because it's 30 i mean there's a 30 minute barrier it's yep. there i would love to break it um but if i go out there and i do 31 30 then that i'm not going to stress too much it's the jack frost time trial it doesn't matter no no it, it's I would beginning love, of march yeah, yeah. And the other thing is um this is like get, the prologue in the tour de france you're just seeing <laughs> where your legs are at right now that's yeah. it <laughs> the other thing that i think would be really cool is last year i was able to score points for the team which is very difficult for me to do. And so if I could do anything like that, even if it's like a quarter of a point, I don't know, they don't award quarters of points, but still anything cool. like that would be cool. Yeah, so a quarter point, Matt. <laughs> the way the points work is you have to finish in the top 15 of your category mm -hmm. and 15th place is going to get one point all the way up to first place is going to get 15, 15 points. Right. So uh, last year, yeah, last year I got 15 points. Yeah. You won your category. <laughs> won my category. There's no one else in it. Well, there was, but still. How about you, Evan? Um, you know, so, I mean, looking back at when I've, I, I really only know my 40K potential. I really have not done like yeah. a hard 20K. And I mean, in a triathlon at national, you know, nationals right. a slasher, I went 56 low. Yeah. So that put me at almost 27, I think for the average, yeah. which I mean, here's, here's the bottom lines. I have no idea what my legs are going to feel like on Sunday, but, and I'm not going to be on race wheels. I'll probably bring my TT bike. I'll be on my TT bike. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I'd definitely be under 30, I would hope. Do we Who need knows? to have another little side bet between uh, you and Matt? Probably. Yeah, yeah, we should probably have tons of bets. <laughs> well, how about the, to, to, to make it completely fair, I will trash my legs Saturday, and then we'll go at it toe-to-toe. Toe to toe. I don't expect that to make a difference, but <laughs> you, can trash, you can trash your legs all day long, you know? So, what's, so, so, so if you're going like 20, let's say, 830, 29 range, Miles where does that? Yeah, where? Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Twenty, twenty-eight, thirty, twenty-nine. Time-wise, that puts you at what? Twenty-six, five, twenty-seven miles an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's about where you're at. I think last year I was at twenty-nine thirty and got second place for the third year in a row. Third year. I think that's almost exact. So that's a whole minute faster than what I was. We should potentially adjust our bet. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with it. We'll, we'll stick with it. Let's stick with it. Do I get a couple seconds or some time for my shoulder? And oh gosh, okay. all uh, right. So, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. We'll stick with it. Um, you just gotta buy faster stuff, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> How about you, Lance? Um, where do you think you're gonna be at? Oh, I'd I'd be happy to break 40 minutes. I think. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like trash, man. Yeah, I just got. I'm just feeling kind of beat up. You can just take the gravel bike out, That's and then true. that way you have a built-in excuse. You're like, well, I'm not nearly as aerodynamic as you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, if I broke 30 minutes, that would be that, that would be right. great. That I think right I'm capable of that. Yep. If yes. if uh, if I'm feeling good. So yeah, if Superman Absolutely. can get some sun over here yeah. and charges batteries That's and right. no kryptonite's <laughs> hanging out still. He'll uh, he'll definitely be right there with us. Just to kind of put things into perspective as well, we had the uh, the men's pro one two class. Mm -hmm. The fastest time was by um, Colin Gibson, who was twenty six 
minutes and 19 seconds. Um, that's just smoking fast, so fast, and then average speed of 28.33 miles an hour. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but you know, he's on a TT bike, so there's obviously going to be a yep. difference between a TT bike and a road bike for myself with Lance. Probably um, disked out yeah. too. And yeah. There's a big difference between riding no disc and disc. What do you too? think the average mile per hour difference is in a disc? A minute. I I think yeah. you know over 20k. Yeah. A disc is huge. Disc is so how about like wow. is big? It's two. I've 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 heard that it is two minutes over a forty k, which wow. just chop that and down. It depends yeah. on what you're comparing it to. If you're comparing yeah. it to you know regular road, type of course too. Road wheels big. Course, so if we're yeah, gonna put sure. that into miles per hour, how how much faster? I do you think you're think looking at a couple about you know about two is kind of what I've and it just depends too, right? Like there's it depends variables. On yeah. The the you know we I think we talked about this earlier where it's like seventy percent of aerodynamics is the actual person on the bike, mm-hmm. and so if you can be very sneaky and slippery on the road bike, that's you know. You're not going to win or gain as much um, aerodynamic advantage by switching to a time trial bike. But, you know, um, if you're a wind sail, you're not gaining that much of an advantage on a time trial bike. Completely agree. So lots of little factors, but probably two miles an hour is just kind of a good, like, you know, pocket number to throw out. Gotcha. So I would actually venture to guess or venture to say that time trialing is probably like one of the least exciting things to watch in terms of road racing. It is. And we just managed to ramble on about it for almost an hour. So that's proof positive (laughs) that we can talk about anything for far too long. That's right. (laughs) So, uh, you guys got anything else to add to this? No, 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 it's good. All right. All good. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. you guys, all of you, Lance, I hope you can make it. Me I wish too. you guys all the best yeah, this weekend. Absolutely. I'll um, get out there and get it done and, and get some yeah. teams for points for the team. And, um, Matt, you and me, man, toe to toe, mano y mano, straight up. I'm so glad I'm not involved fun. in this. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you luck there. Uh, to everybody who's going to go out and do racing um, this weekend and, and do some bicycle racing at the uh, Jack Frost Time Trial, or if you're doing any kind of racing in your neck of the woods, we wish you the best. Um, let us know about it. You know, Chime in and let us know what race you did and how you did, and um, let us know if any of this stuff helped you out. We'd be uh, very curious to see if that was uh, – a good little segment for you guys to learn some tips and tricks for time trialing. Um, we'll probably have to do the same thing with respect to some road racing and maybe sure. some triathlon stuff coming up because there's a lot of that very, very soon. We can actually start to put some race recaps back into our back pedal. Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> this is right. going to be the fun part. God, we've had to go so long without race recaps. Yeah, well, you got yours, your little running race that you yeah. did, but um, yeah. God, we're, we're starving for that. We are. Man, I missed so many of them last year just because I was down for the count. So mm-hmm. anyway, we really appreciate it. You guys, uh, thank you for coming back. Everybody that listened, thank you very much. Um, We'll catch you soon on the next one. Bye for now.